Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. J.J. Watt has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. How about that? Nobody, and I mean nobody, had the Arizona Cardinals on their list. It's my second favorite team behind the Dallas Cowboys, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals have some promise, though. In terms of J.J. Watt, he'll play as long as he wants to play and as long as he can play at a yep. competitive level. But who knows? This, this really elevates the Cardinals. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is, and happy Friday, everybody. We have made it to the weekend. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday, and we've got a lot of football to talk about here as uh, we get into March. As I said to Moose DuPont, we're coming to the end of Q1. I know. As the people, the business people say. That's wild. It's gone so fast. Yeah, it's going to be fun to talk uh, football on this Flame Tech Football Friday today. Hall of Fame writer, broadcaster John Frenzy's here, and he's actually got what he feels is some good news to discuss with the Canadian Football League. And he's been talking to the Mucky Mucks and the Big Wigs, and he can't wait to divulge it. He'll be here in segment two and for the rest of the show. Darren Urban covers the Arizona Cardinals for uh, ArizonaCardinals.com. He's covered the Cardinals for uh, 22 years, I think, his Twitter bio said. He's seen a lot of ups and downs in that time. Darren Urban from ArizonaCardinals.com will be joining us to talk about the addition of J.J. Watt, but I'll be honest, I'm more interested to know the future of Chris Strebler. Mm-hmm. He would know. I would think he I would, would know. I would think he would have an idea. Don't the coaches bring the guy from the website into their office in those <laughs> personnel meetings? Yeah. So he'll be. No, I'm, I say that facetiously because they don't. But I'm guessing Darren Urban would know. And uh, Justin Dunk will be with us from ThreeDownNation.com to kick off hour two in the second half kickoff. And for our viewers on Game Plus TV across all ten provinces and 31 states, we will be breaking away at 1:45 Eastern to bring you Swiss League hockey. So be prepared for that. But let's hit the quick six show topics, please, Director Jordan, if you don't mind. <laughs> probably wondering why I'm a little um, as chipper as I seem given the loss of a really close friend yesterday. Uh, Chris Schultz, the Argos and Dallas Cowboys alum. Can you put the photo up, Clark, if you don't mind? Passing away yesterday at the age of 61. I think he's got it. There he is. I took that photo out front of the Sheraton in Hamilton. It was a video that Chris Schultz was sending uh, to my mom, asked me to record for my mom. Chris Schultz passing away at the age of 61 of a heart attack. And um, I don't know where to start with Schultz. I'm, I'm chipper because I'm taking a little different approach. Listen, I'm somewhat cried out this morning on it. There's been tears with the loss of Chris Schultz. But what I think a lot of people don't understand, yeah, we're very close friends. I'm wearing this Dallas Cowboys pullover in his honor today. Chris Schultz bro- grew up in Burlington, Ontario, saying, I want to play for the Dallas Cowboys. As an offensive lineman, he was a walk-on at Arizona where he was a psychology major. Drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, played for the Dallas Cowboys. In his first game, he was starting as a rookie. And he was lined up in the tunnel to come out for the Cowboys at home in Texas Stadium. And he was crying tears down his face. Legendary coach Tom Landry came up and swatted him on the butt with his papers and said, you better wipe those tears out of your eyes. You're going to get run over. He spent four years there with the Dallas Cowboys, and then, of course, he came home to the Argos. The stories are legendary, and we'll probably sprinkle some of the stories in as we go along here, but won a great cup with the John Candy Argos, named to the Argos all-time team, and then 20 years on TSN, on the CFL on TSN panel. Ultra, ultra introvert. Ultra introvert. 
And how did Schultz and I get to go be close? Well, we worked parallel time in the Canadian Football League together. And guys like us tend to find each other. Okay, so that's how we got close. But he'd come down to the hotel in Hamilton or Toronto. Whenever the Rough Riders were there, we would spend time together. We walked up and down King Street in Hamilton one all night one night. And I know I told you that story, but people were hanging out of their houses, hanging off of him. Chris Schultz, we love you. Oh, Chris, we love you. I said, is this what it's like? He goes, coast to coast, man. Some lady came up, homeless lady, and asked him for money. He peels off a brown one and gives it to her. I said, $100, Schultz, $100 you're giving this lady? He says, she needs it more than I do. That's Chris Schultz. I remember him coming into the Delta Hotel in downtown Toronto. The riders were staying there. I was just telling this story the other day. I just talked to him on Tuesday, okay? He's 6'8". So he comes into the lobby of the Delta. He's like this. Underneath the door as it slid open. That's how big he is. He picked me up. I'm 6'3", okay? He swung me like a teddy bear. My, ar- my legs were dangling like a doll. And I remember the rider coaches were like, your buddies with Chris Schultz? I said, best friends. Asked him to come on this show many times. He wasn't confident in his own ability to get his phone working to come on. That's why he's always said no. And then on, well, over the last year, he'd been texting me probably once a month saying, things are great, just checking in, hope they're great with you. And then on Tuesday, he said, I'm going live on Clubhouse. Please join me on you know, Thursday at 10 a.m. or something. Topic, the future of football. I'm like, you're going live on Clubhouse, Chelsea. You don't trust yourself to do a Zoom meeting. But somebody, somehow, he's, he's going to do this. And so the point is, is, while it's sad that he passed at a heart attack at 61, as I've been telling people today, that's the way I want to go. Maybe not as early as the age of 61, but Chris Schultz died as a happy man. He's accomplished everything. I got him to write a speech one time. I said, Schultz, come out here. I can get you 10 grand a night speaking at dinners. You got an unbelievable story. He goes, okay, I'll get to work writing on the speech. Two weeks go by, and I call him, Schultz, what's taking you so long? And he's like... <laughs> Typing it out. I'm like, ah, he's not a 70 words per minute guy. <laughs> Lynch, we're on the air here. So Chris Schultz aptly should go in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in both the media wing and the player wing, right? So, and was, <clears throat> you know, Mike Hogan, the voice of the Argos, I tried to get a hold of him last night. Justin Dunk's the one that let me know about this news. And I called Hoagie, and Hoagie's very upset. Mike Hogan, the voice of the Argos, he loved you, and you know that. So while tears are shed over Chris Schultz, the guy's leaving with no regrets, and he died happy. He found happiness. That's the destination that we're all trying to find, I think. That's right. So that's my take on Chris Schultz. I know it was very long, but he deserves it. To point two of the quick six, and I'm sure, sorry, but Walter Gretzky, same thing. How do you put Walter Gretzky at number two? And the only reason is because Schultz, he was a very close friend of mine. We got a photo, of course, of Walter Gretzky here. Walter passing, and I was a little surprised. I thought he was older than what he passed at age 82. 82. I thought he was too. Yeah, I thought he was old. Now, when I've done events with Walter, I've been around him a lot. Not nearly as much as Schultz, but everything you've seen on SportsCenter, everything they're saying is true about Walter. Just a very, very kind man. That brain aneurysm that he had in the early 90s took a lot out of him. 
particularly, I think, a lot to do with his memory, but not his kindness. So I remember one time in an airport in Calgary, he was waiting for a flight. We were connecting somewhere. I ran into the gift shop, bought a little mini stick, you know, like this, and a marker, and I went to go get him to sign it. So he signed it, W. Gretzky, and here's the thing. He's like, as he's signing it, so did you play hockey, son? Well, yes, I did. What position did you play, son? I wasn't 10. I was 35. <laughs> you know, Canada's hockey dad. That's, wh- that's, that's why they call him Canada's hockey dad, not just because he's Wayne's dad, but because he cared. Where did you play, son? Who was your coach? Who did you like best? That was Walter Gretzky. He cared. He cared. That's cool. So I don't have all the stories that I see the TSN guys and Sportsnet guys do about Walter Gretzky, but I do have some. And it was a pleasure to know him. And uh, there's another guy leaving with no regrets. Hell of a life. Now, you'll have to forgive me as we move on in the quick six show topics here. Uh, My focus hasn't entirely been on hockey. I mean, we can go with last night's NHL leftovers like we always do. Where, where do we go? Uncle Daryl to the rescue. That's the, that was the news of the night. Daryl Sutter coming to coach the Calgary Flames. And how about Jeff Ward? You win 7-3 over this senator, 7-2, 7-3, whatever it is, and you lose your job. What I'm hearing from Calgary people is this hiring, this firing, goes above general manager Brad Tree Living to the president or ownership. These are... Desperate times in Calgary. They brought in Daryl Sutter for it. We're going to spend less time on these topics than we normally do, but I want your take on Daryl Sutter coming in to rescue the Calgary Flames. It's a nice fit for Calgary. I like it. You know, it it brings some identity back to Calgary. He's a yep. Western guy. He just, you know, lives and breathes Alberta. And he's just a perfect fit, right? You want to you know, create some identity? You've got Kachuk there. You're starting to get a little bit of an identity. And now Daryl Sutter will come in, and we'll see how he, how he meshes with that group, uh, you know, Goodrow and Monaghan and those guys. But he's, uh, he brings identity back to Calgary. So I think it's a good move. Well, I, obviously I do too. Uncle Daryl to the rescue again. He's yeah. just never really been far away from the scene. But the last time I talked to Daryl, you know, I asked him, are you interested in coming back and coaching at any point? And he said, eh, you know, Daryl. He's like, if I only had to coach home games, sure. <laughs> so I think they're paying him. Pretty much yeah, all yeah. he's got to coach is home <laughs> games. Doesn't have to leave the country. Right. But I'm just saying, not like he needed it Yeah, is my point. And maybe that's a good thing. The one thing one of my flame sources said today is that he said Daryl's going to shrivel Johnny Goodrow. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah, He saved the LA Kings, won two Stanley Cups. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. The poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, will Daryl Sutter make the Flames a contender? Hashtag sea of red. Hashtag run it back. On Twitter, 61% of you saying, no, it won't. And the majority on Facebook saying, no, it won't, with 56%. I think they got a better chance with Daryl Sutter than they do with Jeff Ward. And I think that this is perfectly timed. We're not even at the halfway mark yet. The Flames aren't out of anything yet. They were going nowhere. Now's the time. Don't you think this is good timing? This is the right time, right? You know, there's still some room. And in this 56-game schedule, in this, you know, unique playoffs, all you have to do is get in. Just get in. And it is tight. 
You know, we do have teams like, you know, Toronto separating themselves from the rest of the division, but anybody can beat anybody, right? We see it all the time. So get in, get the culture right. And there's a lot of talent there, like you mentioned the last couple of days. A lot of talent in Calgary. Hopefully he can get a move in the right way. See, my good friend Joe Roberts is watching from Vancouver, the Skid Row CEO. He says Walter Gretzky walked with the push for change. It just slipped off the screen. Can you guys put that up there? Walter Gretzky walked with the push for change when we reached Ontario border. He hung out all day with us, signed autographs, and even made a generous donation. Joe Roberts was the guy that pushed the shopping cart from one end of Canada to the other to bring awareness to um, child homelessness. So thank you, Joe, for chiming in with the stories of Walter Gretzky. I can turn it over to some of the viewers now with comments here from James and Borden, Manit- Manitoba. Good move. Things look interesting for the fight for fourth. Joe Lazito, your buddy Lynch, he's watching on Long Island. He says hockey is just better with a sutter behind a bench. Jeff in Winnipeg says, Uncle Daryl, Uncle Brent, Uncle Dwayne, Uncle Rich, Uncle Ron, Uncle Brian. And don't forget Uncle Gary. Because everybody has an Uncle Gary. And Gary's the one, the (laughs) oldest, that did not play in the National Hockey League. Oh, Jeff, the Stamps fan's awake. He says, get the red mile ready, Calgary. A long playoff run is coming in the spring of 21. For your uh, sake, I hope that it is. I really do. Um, moving on to point four is CFL, NFL notes. It is a Flame Tech Football Friday. John Frenzy's coming in next segment, and we'll get into all that stuff there. Uh, obviously, the J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals. Good news with Dr. Bonnie Henry in BC, their top doctor, saying that whatever this means, I didn't. Re- obviously, I've had a busy 24 hours here. I haven't really been reading the Vancouver news, the BC news, but she says we'll be in post-pandemic life by the summer. If I can just say this, Darren, I don't know, necessarily know what that means. I talked to a coach in BC in Vancouver this morning, and he said, we have rules for this, and we can't go here, we can't go there, but my son works in a restaurant, and they're packed to the rafters every night. It's not 50% capacity. He goes, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. It's mixed messaging. So while it appears everything's going the right way, I'll just sit back and hope that Dr. Bonnie Henry saying post-pandemic life means large gatherings and open-air stadiums. and means I pre-pandemic think, life. Pre-pandemic life, exactly. And I'm not sure... That's going to happen, but you can see why CFL fans that have just been clinging, hoping, praying for any good news would think that this means the CFL will play. I'm not sure that it means that. That's where that's what I'm seeing, right? When they say that, you know, I'm seeing a lot of comments. Well, it means the, the BC Lions are going to play and we're going to have fans back in the stands. I don't know what that means. I guess, you know, post-pandemic life, whatever that looks like. Some people are saying post-pandemic life means we'll always wear a mask, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to listen to those, you know, those people because, you know, I'm hoping that we can go back to what we had before. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Chris Bird's watching in Toronto. He says they're cleaning up Young Street as we speak. Are you being facetious or are they actually cleaning it up and letting people out of their homes in Toronto? I don't understand because they're planning a parade in Calgary. They're planning a parade in Toronto. There can only be one parade. I think maybe they had the parade after the sweep of the Oilers and now they're cleaning it up. It's over. That's my point. (laughs) Uh, The squad cast, you know, the guys from the squad cast. 
They're our American Hockey League podcast here. We're the National Hockey League podcast and live show. They're the American Hockey League podcast. Their terms, not mine. <laughs> they said, hey, Dubes got a haircut. I should have mentioned that. You're looking a little less Don Johnson-esque today. Yeah, I know. And you shaved. I was a little nervous. I, I understand we have some photos here before and I, I after. Should, we should. We should. Uh, we should. Uh, we should post Throw them. Up. I was a little nervous about getting the haircut, but I went into Modern Man yesterday and got it done. That, that was is a little be- effeminate. That was the before. Where's the uh, the after well, photo? Testy, testy. I think the before goes first, Darren. Yeah, there's the before. There's the after. And it was Jasmine who who uh, who cut my hair. She didn't know how to get started. I was like, Do you want me to make the first cut? I'll cut it right off. But uh, no, it was good. Your hair always looks good. Well, you I, know, I had to buy and pay mine, lay it down like AstroTurf. I hope you realize that. how lucky you are. I do. I'm, yeah. I'm very, very lucky. Good. So, the last two points. The Blue Jays jumped out to a 2-0 lead over the Detroit Tigers in spring training yesterday. 2-0 lead Toronto. Then they gave up eight unanswered, and the Tigers won 8-2. So, the Blue Jays are 2-2-1 in spring training. And a point six, the Tim hortons Briar begins tonight with draw one in the Calgary bubble. And we'll go through the entire draw one later on in our Sports on Tap feature for the Sports on Tap, the Tap drive through brew house and liquor store. Dupes, we'll see you a little later. We'll see you later. All right. We're going to Arizona next. We'll continue to talk about uh, the latest news in the Canadian Football League and get Frenzy's take. This has been the warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the NHL and UFC 259. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because (laughs) I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. Don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming and... Your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) No, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So... I used to get those nicky things. You must have too. (laughs) Nick yourself and you're bleeding. Doesn't happen because the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Manscaped (laughs) calls them. So what more do you want to know? When you you use the Lawnmower 3.0, you use the anti-shaving cream. You leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with the promo code FANSIDED20. 
That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. We uh, are rolling on this Flame Tech Football Friday. I just want to tell you that we will get to your condolences to both the Gretzky family, Walter Gretzky, Canada's hockey dad, passing away in the last 24 hours at the age of 82, plus the CFL family, Chris Schultz's family, the former Dallas Cowboy, Toronto Argonaut, and longtime TSN panelist. He passed away Thursday at the age of 61. You can certainly keep your condolences coming. We'll be rolling them across the bottom of the screen, and we'll... We'll converse on that a little uh, later on because we're going to Phoenix, Arizona now, or probably specifically Glendale. Darren Urban is the senior writer for ArizonaCardinals.com, makes his uh, debut on the RP show. Mr. Urban, happy Friday, sir. How are you? I appreciate you having me. Hey, for sure. we got a Hall of Fame Saskatchewan Rough Riders broadcaster, John Frenzy, here with us, and he's, gonna, he's got some questions for you too. But I'll tell you what, we did not expect – the J.J. Watt news when it broke earlier this week that the Cardinals were the team that signed uh, the monster defensive end. When did you know it was coming or feel that this was a possibility? Uh, About the time that I saw on Twitter that J.J. Watt tweeted out a picture of himself lifting lifting weights in a Cardinal shirt and said the source, me, I I, honestly, I did not see it coming. Uh, I've actually... In my job, I oftentimes am answering fans' questions, doing mailbags, and ever since he got released, even actually into the back into the season, when it became clear he was kind of disgruntled in, in Houston, people were asking me if there was any chance J.J. Watt would end up here. And I kept saying there's no way, not with a salary cap going down, not with the, the cap crunch that this team uh, seemingly was going to deal with. Uh, but I was, I was floored. I mean, the DeAndre Hopkins trade was – out of nowhere last year, this felt even more out of nowhere. Well, <clears throat> pardon me. So Jason in Red Deer, Alberta is watching. He says, what's the vibe around town since the J.J. Watt signing? How, how's it been received by the Cards Nation? I don't think there's any question that uh, the fan base overall is loving this. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with J.J. Watt. Obviously, he's going to be 32 later this month. He insists he's got a lot left in the tank. Uh, and in fact, made the point that Reggie White, when he went to Green Bay and had that great tenure with the Packers, he was 32 at the time. So J.J. Watt's very optimistic. I know the team is very optimistic, and clearly the fan base is optimistic at this time. This is a fan base that was very disappointed that this team didn't make the playoffs after a really nice start last year. The organization was not happy that they didn't make the playoffs, and there's a real push this year with Kyler Murray going into what could be the final year of his rookie deal, knowing that an extension is probably coming so that they can put some pieces around him while he's still relatively cheap. Darren, John Lynch here. Uh, how do you think the uh, Cardinals are going to use what? Is it edge, edge defensive end or a pure defensive end, or what do you think? Well, in their base package, they run a, a three-four alignment. Um, obviously, in today's NFL, that switches up all the time. And JJ Watt's a guy who can play all over the place. The thing they have going for them is that Vance Joseph is a disciple of Wade Phillips, who was JJ Watt's first defensive coordinator in the NFL, and he uses a lot of the same principles. And in fact, uh, when JJ Watt won his first Defensive Player of the Year award, it was in that defense, the same defense that Vance Joseph runs now. So. I don't think they're going to have any problem finding places to put him. 
Uh, I think teaming him with Chandler Jones, either putting him on opposite sides with uh, J.J. Watt perhaps being a three technique on one side and Chandler Jones coming off the edge on the other is one very strong possibility. And then there are going to be times when they're both right next to each other and the the defense or the uh, offensive line and uh, pass protection is going to have to figure out, okay, how are we exactly going to handle this? And I think one of the things that makes J.J. Watt so good and one of the reasons they wanted to bring him in is that versatility where they can move him all over the place. Darren, I am not going to let you go without asking about Chris Strebler, but we do like to have the viewers uh, brought in. That's what we do here. That's our secret sauce. So if you don't mind, they're going nuts with questions about J.J. Watt from the Stereo and the Stove podcast in Saskatoon. They say, what are the financial repercussions for this deal for the team? How will this fit under the cap? Well, it's funny. Most of the uh, cap uh, estimations had this team with around 13 to $15 million of cap space before this happened. Um, Obviously, bringing in J.J. Watt for the kind of money that they did it seemed like a, a pretty big deal. But when you look at some of the numbers and the actual cap number for J.J. Watt has not been uh, put out there yet. But uh, knowing that some of the numbers that we do know that have leaked out, it's, it's not going to be any higher, I don't think, this year than $8.5 million. And there's still a possibility that the way they structured this contract, that they put, it in, put in some voidable years at the back end, which means a team essentially can kick the can down the road and, and take some of the dead money uh, after he's gone, uh, you could have an even lower cap number than that. I mean, it's it's feasible that his cap number this year could be four or five million dollars, which isn't much given what he signed for, and it does give them some flexibility going forward to to do some other things. In the NFL, really, teams as long as they do some of that accounting magic and they're willing to take the hit down the road, they can pretty much do whatever they want. And I think that's what the Cardinals essentially did here. Darren, what do you honestly think? Uh, this addition has done to the team. I mean, I know they're very upset about missing the playoffs last year. I think there's a mandate to this year to make the playoffs from upper management. So what do you think the addition of J.J. Uh, Watt does for this football team in helping them get to the playoffs? Well, I, I think there are t- things that J.J. Watt can't impact that need to get better on this team. They need to be more disciplined. They took way too many penalties last year. Their offense as good as it can be, was uh, inconsistent. And that's the learning curve of Kyler Murray and of Cliff Kingsbury, quite frankly, as he learns the NFL game. But I think defensively, this is a team that still needs help at cornerback. There's a lot of questions back there. But if you have a pass rush, you can make some things happen at cornerback with maybe perhaps lesser players if your pass rush is really, really good. And I think that's what they're hoping right now. And I think if they get that stability up front, uh, both in the run game, and J.J. Watt has been very good in the run game. Assuming, again, he stays healthy, I think that really solidifies his front seven, gives them a little bit more flexibility with whatever they do at cornerback, and maybe takes a little bit of the pressure off the offense. Now, that's asking a lot of J.J. Watt, but I know he's taking that on, and I think for what they paid him, that's the expectation right Darren Urban with us from ArizonaCardinals.com. And by the way, this should not surprise you, Darren. You're a bright guy. You're on in Canada. Shocking there's a ton of Cardinals fans here because everybody goes to Arizona from Western Canada, as you know. That's a lot of people's favorite teams. So Phil Gross in Saskatoon says, can you touch on how J.J. Watt got number 99 with the Cardinals? There's a story there. Yeah, there is a story. It's, it's, it's a good story, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, J.J. Watt has worn 99 throughout his college and pro career. 
With the Cardinals, they've only got, I think, five retired numbers, six, five or six retired numbers. One of them is 99. And it's for uh, Marshall Goldberg, who is a star two-way player in the 1940s uh, for their last championship team in 1947. Uh, he led the NFL in interceptions one year, uh, was their leading rusher one year, uh, and also had his NFL career interrupted so he could serve in the Navy in World War II. So uh, he was an important player in this franchise's history. They retired his number. No one had worn it. And then, of course, J.J. Watt comes along and he didn't realize when he agreed to come to the Cardinals that it was retired. A friend of his mentioned the next day after he had announced it that, yeah, this number is retired. So J.J. started thinking, okay, I might have to get a, a new number. And it turned out that TMZ, of all places, reached out to the daughter of Marshall Goldberg and asked her what she thought of him possibly taking 99 if she would have an issue with it. She told TMZ she wouldn't. J.J. Watt still wanted to make sure personally that that was true, so he reached out to her uh, right after he signed and asked her how she felt about it. She felt like her father would have been impressed that somebody like J.J. Watt would have wanted his number and wouldn't have had a problem with it. So with her blessing, he is wearing 99. He's making a donation to her father's uh, foundation, which studies brain trauma. And uh, it, it, it was a nice story. There's a lot of people that wonder if a number is retired, if it ever should come out of retirement. Uh, but he went about it the right way. He has the blessing of the family. And so that's how J.J. White is going to wear 99 in Arizona. Amazing story. And thank you, Phil, for asking that. Tons of questions have come in. I said, here's mine. Darren, I have to ask you about Chris Strebler. What is his future? You know he's somewhat fabled in the Canadian Football League. You've seen the photos and videos, but he did not perform <laughs> when he had his chance. So what's the future moving ahead for Chris Strebler in Arizona? I think that's an excellent question. Um, I, I got a chance to talk to Chris when he first signed. Um, unfortunately, with the pandemic restrictions, I still have yet to meet him in person, even though I'm around the team every day. Uh, which is tough, but um, he was put in a, a, in a difficult situation. Uh, you know, he was named the, the backup quarterback uh, to begin the season, even though they had Brett Hundley, who was a guy who had a lot more experience playing in the NFL. And in fact, uh, won an important game in relief of Kyler Murray last year in 2019. So there was a lot of people that just assumed Strebler would be around potentially to be the Taysom Hill type guy that he did was in Canada and, maybe could do some different things. They made him the backup quarterback. Uh, and when he had to play, he did struggle against the Rams. And, and it was frustrating for a lot of people. It was, it was a tough position to be in because the Cardinals had to win to make the playoffs. So it was under a spotlight. But I don't know. I would assume going into this offseason, they're going to look very hard to make sure their backup quarterback position is in a better place. Um, I believe Strebler is still under contract. I could see, see him still being on the roster as a piece that could do some different things. But do I think he's definitely going to be the number two? I think they're going to have to think long and hard about it. I, I think Chris Strebler is a good dude and, and he has his talents. I don't know if he's in a position right now where if Kyler Murray goes down, he's a guy that you want to turn to long term uh, over a season. Great answer. Um paraphrased up in the air <laughs> well tbd yes yeah we'll see yeah. uh from from tyson craney he says long time cards fan here darren i'd have to think this is Cl kingsbury's last chance thoughts 
it's hard it's hard to know exactly where that stands uh you know i i do think again as we said the cardinals there's a feeling they should have made the playoffs last year he's going to be three seasons in uh after this year there are going to be expectations and but i i think it's nuanced i mean they they did improve last year uh and where he when he came in this this team was at rock bottom after 2018 so there's been a lot of improvement over the last two years. So I, I don't think you can say for sure one way or the other, if they don't do A, then B happens. I, I think there are things that are included here. And that includes the fact that this division arguably is the toughest in football and you could be a really, really good team and still not make the playoffs. So I think we're going to have to see how that plays out. But there's no question, ex- expectations are very high right now. One more from John Frenzy, and then we'll let Darren go. I was really surprised they hired Kingsbury's coach last year, uh, Darren, because he had no NFL experience, and I think he showed it a bit in some of the things he did. Uh, I think it hurt the team in a way that he didn't have more NFL, no NFL experience. What do you think? I think there's been a learning curve for Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think there's any question about that, and I think he's still trying to figure out some things. But I also know he's got a lot of guys on his staff that have a ton of NFL experience, including the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, and I think he does listen to him, and and there's a lot of conversations there. And and again, I I think when they hired Cliff Kingsbury, the idea was that, well, A, uh, originally he was hired to bring in to help Josh Rosen, but obviously the Kyler Murray thing happened, which – that pairing makes a lot of sense too. And it, it felt like that's kind of where things were going in the NFL. And that's where the Cardinals wanted to go. And, and we're going to find out very quickly uh, if it's going to make sense. I do think, again, I don't think he's been a, a bust by any stretch of the imagination. This team got better in 2019 and it got better in 2020. But now you're to the point where, okay, in this day and age, you got three seasons to like show that you've made that jump. And with the quarterback they have and bringing in J.J. Watt, again, the expectations are going to be high. We only have one minute, Darren. We have a flood of questions on Larry Fitzgerald. I got this Larry Fitzgerald bobblehead on uh, Larry Fitzgerald night at a Coyotes game. Will we be watching him in 2021? What do we know about his future? We don't know anything. Larry's keeping it close to the vest. It's it's been the longest he's ever spent not talking about whether he's going to be back or not. So everybody's on the edge of their seat. But I do think with J.J. Watt, there's a chance he wants to do it maybe one more time, especially because he didn't get to do it in front of fans. And so we'll see where that goes. And and, and before you let me go, Rod, I do want to say you, you mentioned Mr. Gretzky at the, uh, at the opening of this. Uh, I grew up, uh, even though I grew up in Arizona, I grew up a big Gretzky fan. My wife Grew up in Edmonton. She's actually taken a sip from a cup after one of the Oilers' victories. And, and I know she was pretty bummed out to hear about Mr. Gretzky. So I just wanted to say my condolences to all of Canada because we all know what kind of presence he had there. Thank you. Canada's hockey dad, uh, for sure, the country's in mourning. But I appreciate you saying that, Darren. And love your shows. I watch all the digital shows with the Cardinals. Read your stuff. I appreciate the time today. You answered all our questions. And stay safe down there. Hope to see you soon. I appreciate you having me. Darren Urban from ArizonaCardinals.com. When we come back, we'll delve into the CFL stuff because Frenzy's got a lot he wants to get to. A sports update, viewer takeover, and on the way, 3downnation.com's Justin Dunk as well. You're watching the RP Show's Flame Tech Football Friday. Flame Tech is your industry leader in combustion services. You're watching on Game Plus TV, live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at RodPeterson.com. Listen live. 
Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. All right, welcome back, everybody. Just some leftovers from our chat with Darren Urban from ArizonaCardinals.com. Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg says, I find it surprising the cards are down on Strebler after one iffy start. Who shoots out the lights in their first game? It's pretty rare. Well, who said at Lynch you don't, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression? Was uh, that Men in Speed Stick? Well, Cal Murphy said to me. Cal Murphy said <laughs> Cal Murphy came up with that. Uh, James and Borden. Manitoba says, I love Strebs, but he's not an NFL quarterback. I don't think he's even a CFL quarterback. What is he, though? Is he a halfback or a quarterback? Great guy, though. Yeah, I know he's a great says guy. Says James Henderson. Yeah, but what a nice guys do, Lynch. Manage the Kinsman Club. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if it's in Phoenix or Regina. They run the Kinsman Club. Nice guys run the Kinsman Club. Not run football teams. Anyways, sports update. Breaking news this morning. Long-time Chicago Blackhawks defense, but in three-time Stanley Cup winner Brent Seabrook announced this morning he is unable to continue playing hockey because of his injury. After surgeries on his right shoulder and both hips, it's a lingering right hip issue that's keeping the 35-year-old Canadian from getting back on the ice. Seabrook could remain on long-term injured reserve and not technically retire because he has three years remaining on his contract. Jake Vertanen scored twice, propelling the Vancouver Canucks to a much-needed 3-1 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs at Rogers Arena. Bo Horvat also scored for Vancouver. Dylan Dubé scored a hat-trick for the Calgary Flames in a 7-3 win over the visiting Ottawa Senators. However, it wasn't enough to save the job of Jeff Ward, who was fired after the game and replaced by Uncle Daryl Sutter. And Pierre-Luc Dubois. Scored at 429 of overtime to give the Winnipeg Jets a 4-3 victory over the Montreal Canadiens in the opener of a two-game series at Bell Centre. Jason Tatum had 27 points and 12 rebounds, and the Boston Celtics won their fourth straight game, outlasting the undermanned Toronto Raptors 132-125. And Miguel Cabrera drove in his first run of the spring with a double for Detroit as part of the Tigers' 8-2 win over the Blue Jays. Toronto spotted Detroit a 2-0 lead before, uh, sorry, Detroit spotted Toronto a 2-0 lead before roaring back. A Spencer Turnbull allowed two runs and four hits in two innings. Kevin Biggio had an RBI triple for Toronto. Bo Bichette went 0-3 with two strikeouts and an error. The Jays face Baltimore today in a matinee. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. They can handle all your food and fun needs. Visit their website at ballersrecroom.com. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings Chris Schultz passing away at age 61 of a heart attack in the last 24 hours Walter Gretzky passing away Canada's hockey dad so to the messages on the Prairie Mobile text line they are at 306-840-8777 and they are Saskatchewan's authorized Sastel Mobility dealer DG in Saskatoon says morning guys I think the thing that sticks out to me the most about Chris Schultz is this the number of texts I'm getting from CFL fans and NFL fans in this country saddened by his death. He loved football, and football fans loved him. I can still remember him first appearing on the TSN panel with Eric Tillman. A good friend referred to them as slick and poof because of their <laughs> hairstyles. 
That's interesting, eh? Rest in peace, Schultze. A big part of family gatherings watching football games on TV in Canada. Ray from The Six writes in, Hi, Rod, I would rather be talking about the game on Flame Tech Football Friday, but so sad to hear about the passing of the gentle giant, Chris Schultz, only 61, one of my favorite Argos and broadcasters. And uh, from Jim Wagner, morning all. Happy Football Friday. Thanks for sharing your stories about Schultze. People are remembered by their impact and the lives they touch. Have a good weekend. One more Chris Schultz story before I turn this over to Lynch. And he knows this one. You love it, don't you, Lynch, about his wife? Yeah. Oh, that. That's a terribly sad story. Ah! What what do you say? Oh! He met this gal while playing for the Dallas Cowboys. And I believe they ended up getting married, and he ended up being cut by the Cowboys, comes play for the Argos, and he had a downtown Toronto condo. And she never really liked Toronto. She's a Dallas gal, okay? So he came home from practice one day, and his condo was cleared out. Every stitch of furniture, rolled up the carpet, everything gone. And she was gone, too. He called 911. Never saw her again. He says, 911, I have an emergency. They said, what's your emergency? I think I've been robbed, and I think they took my wife. <laughs> 911 said, have you been having problems with your wife, Mr. Schultz? Oh, crap. <laughs> She's gone. She wasn't, he wasn't robbed. She took it all. Yeah, that's right. Hey, life goes on. Yeah, yeah. Schultz, laughed about it years later. Yeah. You said he never got over that. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. He never brought it up to me when we talked. He never had another relationship as far as I know. No. <laughs> in and out. Yeah. In and out. The odd one here and yeah, there. Yeah. But what a great guy he was. Well, I know, I know that the CFL's mourning. I'm mourning, too. I would shed a ton of tears. But I'm just saying the man passed away. He was happy in life. He was doing a little work with the NFL alumni. I mentioned he was going to start doing live shows on Clubhouse. And he just had a lot to offer. That's the crappy part. But he accomplished everything in life. He really did. Yeah. It was great on the air. Oh, and the coaches loved him because he would actually call them in the middle of the week and say, why did you do this in this situation? Why did you start this guy? And the coaches loved it because he was a football guy, and he put the work in. And but anyways, you, you were talking to Tillman. We only got a minute. We'll, we can finish this after the break, but what's, uh, what do you got? Well, Eric Tillman and I talked about the whole situation. He thinks the Western Conference this year is going to be sensational with Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, and Edmonton in a great race. Calgary will be so-so, but he's afraid, like I am, the BC Lions and the uh, Montreal Alouettes and Ottawa Red Blacks could be embarrassing. That's the word I'm using right now, and uh, that's what I feel. They're just not going to have enough talent. It's going to be embarrassing when they come to town, and I hope that's not true. I hope that's me, but Eric feels the same way, quite frankly. He also thinks Calgary will be a pretty good team. I've looked at the Calgary uh, roster so far. Woo! A lot of guys I don't know. Giving away all their good players. Rogers, a great receiver to Toronto. Uh, and, uh, who else? They give the running back? No. They give away two of their top cup Juwan players. Juwan Bruskison's yeah, gone. Yeah, uh, Br- Br- Bruskison's gone to the uh, Green Bay Packers. So That's Bagleton. Bruskison's Be- Be- with the Argos. Bagleton. Okay, we're going to break and come back with viewer takeover from Gerald Hesdorfer watching on Facebook. My favorite Chris Schultz memories a few years ago when he put a watermelon on his head. It hadn't been prepared properly, and the juice ran down his face. Too funny, and he took.
took it well from <laughs> Gerald. We'll get into more Walter Gretzky memories, Chris Schultz memories, Justin Dunks coming up next hour. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday, and you're watching on Game Plus TV, Facebook, and YouTube Live, and 24 hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Welcome back. The viewers really want to ask frenzy questions, so I'm going to get to those. Um, Wayne and Victoria says, I love the stories, guys. It's better than being sad all day, even if we are sad. I'm talking stories about Chris Schultz today, just a larger-than-life personality, and we'll get to more of those. But a guy, a real brave guy, Lynch, an anonymous burner account on Twitter writes me regarding my question last night about the Flame Senators game because it got kind of rough and chippy, and I put on Twitter, have the co- – Chucks ever fought? Have the Chucks ever fought? Because if not, tonight would be a good night. <laughs> I got quite a bit of backlash from Calgary. That's a first. <laughs> and this guy, at Truth Serum, writes, Be more responsible, Rod. You are a great brand, but this qualifies as clickbait. Very bad choice. <laughs> Does that seem like clickbait to you? No. No, no. Thanks, Clark. He says no as well. I'm sitting in my recliner watching the flames and scents, and the things that pop into my head, I tweet. That popped into my head. That's I'm like, so, well, have these guys ever fought? That's now would be a good time to fight. What? Or run around and cheap shot yeah. the opposite. Do that too. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Brady Kachuk did it how many times to Mike Giordano? And then everybody said, oh, they won't fight. And Matthew said, if, if anybody thinks we're going to fight, you're an idiot. Well, I've been called an idiot by several people in Calgary. Didn't hurt my feelings. But I fought my brothers. The Sutters fought. By the way, I kicked their asses. <laughs> I got the show and the microphone. But brothers fight? What's wrong with that? Why is that so out of line for me to say that? Anyways, moving on about that. Craig Smith, our director of scouting, says, When I got cancer, Chris Schultz would call me every so often to see how I was doing. Great for my mental health. I hope he knew what he did for me. Love the guy. I'll tell you one more. My mom got a cancer diagnosis, and I was having breakfast with Schultz and Hamilton. And he goes, turn your phone on. Turn your video on. And I'm like, what? He goes, I want to send her a video. And it was like 20 seconds long, encouraging. And I was going to post it today, but that was a personal thing between Schultz and my mom. But the photo that we used earlier, maybe throw it up, Clark, again, if you can, was from that video that he sent to my mom. But Lynch, where was the question for Lynch? Uh... Question for Frenzy. If the CFL doesn't play this year, do you think another league like the XFL or another league will swoop in and take over the CFL? That's from John in Edmonton. What do you think? I think it's got a lot of potential that could happen. Definitely. A lot of feelers out there I know. Uh, the Rock's still looking for a league, apparently. So I think that's definitely a possibility. A completely organized league with players, etc., stadiums. I think it's a possibility, but I sure hope it doesn't happen. We're going to find out pretty soon, I think, folks. Yeah. Well, with the Dr. Bonnie Henry thing yesterday about we're going to be living in a post-pandemic world by summer, I think, look, doctors aren't necessarily effective communicators. That's a great like, statement. I'm sorry to say, physicians and medical doctors, I'm not sure that these doctors understand that when they say things, how they're going to be taken and perceived, and that maybe isn't her care, but 
And I, by the way, I don't think Bonnie's first priority is the Canadian Football League. Is that fair? Right? Yeah. You know what I mean, Darren? Dupes is sitting off stage. I'm like, everybody's just looking at it from a CFL perspective. We all are. I don't think she is. She's saying, you know, hey, we might have restaurants at 100%. We might be able to walk down the street and have all the stores open. She's not saying necessarily that the stadiums are going to be packed. So anyways, next hour, Justin Dunk will be with us. And, uh, and he's the only guest. So we have tons of time for viewer takeovers. Stick around, everybody. Hour two coming up on Game Plus TV. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.